Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Vitology Podcast. I want to thank you so much for joining, for downloading, for being here with us. Uh, today's episode, we are going live into our uh, third Wednesday seminar. Okay, uh, Pastor Ryan and myself. This is Josh, by the way. Uh, we we did a uh, a seminar called Christmas and Culture. We talked about redeeming the holidays. You might ask yourself, why do they need to be redeemed? Well, you'll find out in this seminar. And so um, you're about to join uh, the the presentation, and if you're uh, watching this live, uh, you'll notice uh, that it jumps in part way. If you're listening, you're about to enter into the uh, discussion a little bit through. You didn't miss much. We had an audio uh, audio issue. It happens, you know. And... Uh, and so let me just set you up with what was going on um, before this. You didn't miss much, but we introduced the topic. Why are we talking about this? Uh, why are we talking about Christmas? Um, and I, I made a joke that's on the screen, if you're watching, um, that has a picture of Mary, the mother of Jesus, right? Mary, Christ, a picture of Jesus, and then Mass. Because I was asking the question, why do we celebrate the Christ Mass? And then uh, the joke is that it, are we trying to be uh, like you know the Catholics and celebrate Mary, um, Christ Mass? And and I pointing out that's just silly. Um, Mary the name has nothing to do with Mary um, wishing someone joy, uh, but that was kind of just a joke to get us started. And you'll see that on the screen if you're watching. And then uh, and then the the next question that that got us into the topic was this. Uh, I, I asked Ryan, was Jesus born? on December 25th of the year zero. And he begins by answering that question. It's gonna take us into the topic. This was a fun seminar to teach, to be there with, and I hope that you enjoy it. Hey, this is the, that, that'll set you up for this week, um, but we're not gonna be, uh, I mean, the podcast will not be recording for the next two weeks because it's Christmas time, and we're going to be uh, off with families, and so we hope that you have a great Christmas. We hope that you, in this Christmas season, can redeem the holidays. And so God bless you. We'll see you next time. Here's the seminar. <laughs> There's a few reasons that we know that that's most likely not the case. Yeah. Number one is that in Luke chapter 2, we're told that the shepherds are out in the fields uh, looking over their flocks by night. And if it were the Winter time, they most likely would not have been doing that, number one. Yep. Um, but I actually think that my, my and this is just me, uh, I think Jesus was born in the fall. Um, and my guess, if, if I had to sort of be pinned down to say, okay, well, when, when was it specifically mm -hmm. or exactly? I think Jesus was born on or near the Feast of Tabernacles. And so that would have been in the fall. And it was a, that's a Jewish feast, one that the Jewish people still celebrate today, the Feast of Sukkot. Mm -hmm. And, um, and primarily because in John chapter 1, uh, John tells us that Jesus came and he tabernacled among us, that he came and made his dwelling among us. And it was pretty early on in the church, the church fathers, and then um, Matthew Henry, who was a, I believe he was an 18th century, 17th century um, commentator, uh, he said this, he said, it is supposed by many that our blessed Savior was born much about the time of the Jewish holiday when he left his mansions above to tabernacle among us, and he's referring specifically to yeah. the Feast of Tabernacles or the Feast of Booze, as it yeah. were. Yeah. So, yeah. so you think um, John's kind of sneaking that in there a little bit um, by, by pointing out that he's tabernacled among us, that he's come I, at this point. I think it's a, I think it's a Double entendre. I think That's it's a awesome. play on words That's that awesome. he's not only dwelling among us, but that he was born at the time of when they would dwell in, in cool. tents. Um, interestingly enough, in John chapter 7, Jesus also will say, during the Feast of Tabernacles, he will reveal himself as the Messiah. That's in John chapter 7, verse 41. Ugh. And so I, I think that, like I said, a lot of this is conjecture, like when... Yeah. Was, yeah. was he born? But uh, my guess is Feast of Tabernacles, so in the fall. But it's harder to have a white Christmas then, you know? So. <laughs> okay, so we can rule out December 25th. Um, but there, there's something so cool about the Bible. There, like those feasts 
Everything that the Bible documents, there's so many, there's so many details in there. And so tell us a little bit about the, the way that the Bible lays out the Feast of Christmas. Yeah, well, you just covered it. <laughs> I'm joking, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not explicitly in there, right? Yeah. And um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but followers of Jesus haven't always celebrated Christmas. Um, that it was roughly, you know, 336, uh, like when they started to celebrate Christmas officially. Now, there was a few fringe groups of Christians that would mm. celebrate Christmas before then, but mm. it didn't show up as an official feast on the church calendar until 336 for the very first time. Mm. And so that's when they started to celebrate Christmas. And they started, this is, to me, this is fascinating. They started to celebrate Christmas because of heresies or because of um, misunderstandings about what God is like that started to arise within the Christian community. So the main one that was starting to be on the rise during the fourth and fifth century when they started, when they really put a stake in the ground and said, we're going to celebrate Christmas every year was a heresy called docetism. And docetism essentially means that it was the belief that Jesus um, only appeared to have a physical body. He didn't actually have a physical body. And, um, and hmm. so there was this pushback in the Christian community where they went, no, this is, it's actually really important, it's really important yeah. that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. It's so important hmm. that we're going to remind ourselves of its importance every single year when we celebrate hmm. Christmas. Wow. And so they started to celebrate Christmas in roughly wow. 336 plus or minus. Now, um, could I just nerd out for a second? Well, can we allow that? Will we allow him to nerd? All right, so, let's nerd. So yeah, do, yeah, you're already do doing that. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> so docetism is actually um, a spinoff of an earlier heresy called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism essentially said that the spirit is good and matter is evil. Hmm. And so docetism really applied that to the Christ in saying, well, hmm. because matter is evil... Jesus, the Christ, could not have had a material body because that would make him yeah. evil or bad. Yeah. And so they started to um, propagate this heresy. Got it. Now, interestingly enough, um, most of the church creeds that we have are in response to heresies. So the Nicene Creed that mm. um, was written at the Council of Nicaea, three, oh, was four. 381? 381, he says. I'm gonna go with his. I'm gonna go with I his number. You can Google it. You're, uh, I, I think that's it was a, four something. But hey, you know, it's all it good. Might be. It might be. What is is about the deity of Christ, which yeah. was the very thing that was under attack during that huh. during that time. There so, you go. So anyway, so so at about the same time, they're they're got some practical. Three twenty-five. Three twenty-five. It was earlier. Nice. Yeah. I, I was gonna say twenty-five, okay. but I was gonna say four. What's that? Yeah, it was a it was a process. Yeah, so it probably ended then. I'm guessing, sure. Um, but at the same time, they're dealing with it theologically. They're they're kind of dealing with it a practically. Years. Is what you're saying? That yeah, is a lot of years. Fifty-six. All right, all right. You it know good, what? Google it, really it at good. home, okay? And uh, but that that is that's a great point. But but the the crazy thing about all that is you're saying that for more than 300 years, even after Jesus's death, they didn't celebrate his birth. Correct. And then they chose to do it at a time that they knew he, 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 knew he wasn't born then. Right. And so why, why did they start to celebrate Christmas in December? Well, first of all, the main celebration for the church throughout its first 300 years, anybody know? Easter, yeah. Yeah, resurrection. That, that was the calling card, essentially, for, for the early church. And, and maybe is? And still is. Still is, arguably. right? Yeah, yes, yeah. Absolutely. 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 Yeah. yeah, so um, what was the question so, again? So, but now, okay, so 300 years they wait, and then they decide to start celebrating it. And there's some theological reasons to do that, right? There to, are. to think about it. But, you know, if they, if they were pretty sure that it wasn't in the middle so of why, December, yeah. why did they start celebrating it late in December? Okay, so this is, this is the part that gets a little bit dicey for us in okay. our day and time because the reason that they chose the time period that they chose was because of a Roman 
um, celebration holiday called Saturnalia. Okay. And it was a time where, bingo, it was a time where, um, this is actual footage, where the um, Ro- Romans would celebrate the sun god, and they, um, it was a time filled with, you know, debauchery and all sorts of chaos mm. and drinking mm. and partying and for an extended period of time. And so the church sort of, I guess the way I'd phrase it is they poached the holiday, right? <laughs> like, they're it. like, this Got holiday it. is already happening. And it was happening in line with, um, it, you know, you're celebrating the sun god. It was in line with the winter solstice. Okay. And so the followers of Jesus decided to have Christmas, their celebration of the birth of Christ, during this celebration or season of Saturnalia. Okay. And so they basically, yeah, they, they poached, they kidnapped, uh, hijacked another holiday, and uh, a pagan holiday, and tried to make it Christian. Well, here, here's what they did. They took, they took an existing time period where people were already off work okay. and throwing a party. <laughs> already off work. Okay, got it. And yeah. they infused it with different meaning. They put okay. something different in it. And huh. in a sense, they redeemed it because Saturnalia wasn't exactly what you would call a, a moral, a time of moral supremacy, right? I mean, people were making really bad decisions and they're going, let's infuse something better, something different, something redemptive hmm. within this time period, and, um, and so that's the way it started. Okay, and this was uh, Pope Leo. Pope Leo. Is that right? That's sure. Sure? Yeah. Yep, <laughs> it was Pope Leo. It was Pope yeah. Leo, okay. And, um, but how do people feel about that, though, you know, melding these two uh, things? I mean, that couldn't have been easy. I don't know. How, let's just take a quick survey. <laughs> how many of you guys think that was a good idea? Raise your hand. No one, uh, just for the uh, at-home audience. Yeah. There's All half right, hands. a few, yeah. There's how many, how many hand, of you guys two think? Full hands. Okay. How many think a bad? That was a bad idea. We should have been purist. Let's celebrate it in the fall when he was actually most likely born. Okay, I, the purists. I kind of want his All actual right. birthday. All right. I want to know when that was. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, Santa's <laughs> still coming know. on the twenty fifth, though. So. Oh. Okay. Okay. Interesting. interesting. No, it's it's interesting because early followers of Jesus and, and early meaning like a few hundred years after him, it, they didn't seem to have all that much of a problem with it. Even Saint Augustine, who was pretty um, hardline on most things, mm-hmm. said this. He said, "We hold this day holy." Hmm. Speaking of of the twenty fifth. Not like the pagans because of the birth of the sun, but because of he who made it. And so he, from really early on, the early Christians were toying with this idea of, okay, Roman Empire, you're celebrating the sun. Let us tell you about the creator of the sun. Mm. And then they would even start to talk about, and let us tell you about the true sun, S-O-N. There you go. All right, I've changed my vote. Who's going to change their vote? I like that. All right, we're changing our votes now. Um, I like that a lot. Too late. Too late. Not allowed. <laughs> yeah, no. Already failed. Um, I, I love that. Now, because that, that was, okay, the, the, they're at the winter solstice, right? They're, they're celebrating the, the birth of the sun. It's the, the longest night, and so it's as if the sun is coming back. But now, I'm no astronomer here. But I do know this, that the winter solstice, I had to check, though, the winter solstice this year is on December 21st. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to hit this, the 25th very often, if ever. Right. So why, why is it the 25th now? That, that is a fascinating story. And okay. I use that term very loosely because I think it's You're fascinating. fascinating. <laughs> but sometimes when I talk about it, people's eyes glaze over. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. I love it. Right. Okay. Um, Wait, wait, by the way, that, it's a great question, right? Like, okay, if they started Thank celebrating you. it on the winter solstice, why in the world isn't Christmas at least on the 21st or 22nd, depending yeah. on the year? Yeah. Right? Okay. So um, they started celebrating Christmas roughly, or they marked the day, um, 336 AD. Well, in 46 AD, we had the Julian calendar that came into existence. It, the Julian calendar replaced the Roman calendar. The Roman calendar was off by a number of days. And the Julian calendar was off, not by days, but just by, I, th- I think it was something like 11 hours. In, in a year. Yeah. So That's impressive. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine being in the ancient world and nailing it within a 
that close, right? Big so um, the Julian calendar was based on a year that was 365.25 days. Okay, okay. And the Gregorian calendar, which replaced it in the 1500s, was 365.2425 days. Okay, so seems pretty insignificant. But if you're off by 11 hours or so on your year, eventually that starts to move what day you're actually celebrating Christmas on, if it's on the 25th, right? So it starts on solstice. Okay. But eventually, by the 1500s, that day has moved 10 days. Um, And so when they shifted to the Gregorian calendar, it shifted all the days. Does that make sense? Yeah. So pretty soon they, they were worried that it's going to be the middle of summer. <laughs> it's going to be and like then, Australia, yeah. right? <laughs> okay, yeah. I got it. I got yeah. it. And so they had to decide when they, and this is this, this part's so good, you guys. Um, they had to decide when they shifted to the Gregorian calendar, do we move Christmas back to solstice okay. and have it on the yeah, 21st, 21st, 22nd? 22nd, yeah. Or do we stick with the 25th? Well, spoiler alert, they decided to stick with the 25th. (gasps) And I know. (gasps) And here's what they said. Okay, this is where it gets so good, you guys. Um, Here's what they said. They said, no, no, no. We really believe that creation is telling the story. And that if you were to be out in... um, just in the wilderness, if you were to be away from light pollution, and you were to be outside every night from the 21st to the 24th, your your naked eye would not be able to detect the days getting longer. And so essentially you have this like settling, right? For these three days where the darkness has its way. And then eventually, starting on the 21st, the days start to get longer and light starts to break back in. And so early followers of Jesus would talk about things like, no, 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 like creation is indeed telling our story. We're reminding ourselves that grace always emerges from the deepest darkness. Uh, That light eventually emerges from these spots, even in our life, where it feels like darkness is going to have its way. Oh, and that gets back to John chapter one, right? He talks about yeah. the light of the world yeah. enters in. Yes. Ugh. That's good. So that's why that's they good. stuck with the 25th. They okay. knew quite well it wasn't the solstice. Originally it was when mm-hmm. they first started mm-hmm. celebrating it, but with the calendar shifts and all that, they decided, listen, this is telling our story. And then, you know, they would have followers of Jesus that would echo in and go, well, three days of darkness, that sort of reminds us of another story in the Bible also. Yes. Yes, it does. So it puts it back to Easter. Oh, right. That's good. I right. like that. I like that a lot. Okay. So uh, I, I love the fact that they're, they're taking this holiday and redeeming it, infusing it with, with meaning, right? Mm-hmm. With more than what it was. Um, however, there's, there's other Christmas traditions that, uh, that come out of this. Um, let's, let's, let's talk about, uh, are we ready to talk about a tree? Sure, but I, I do yet? think I, I, I we, we could go there. Oh, you're wrong. Um, yeah, he's still going. Well, no. <laughs> Give me. Well, uh, so I don't know. I, I would be interested if there are any yeah. questions about this because this well, starts to get into some tenuous ground where we start to say, okay, um, there's a fine line between worshiping creation and worshiping the creator, right? Mm. And we we never want to drift into worshiping creation mm-hmm. by any means. But my personal opinion is the fear of worshiping creation has actually distanced us from the creation that shouts of the glory of God. Hmm. Like the way that creation um, is telling God's story of rebirth and renewal every single year should remind us of the grace of God in our life. And Mm. we don't see it quite as much in Southern California because it's 75 and sunny most days. But if you live in places where they have these things called seasons, um, you start to notice it more, right? Like it's Lent, the Lenten season Mm. is in a very dark, like will winter ever be over type of six weeks, right? If any of you have ever lived um, in a place where you have this thing called winter, you know that, right? Right. And 
So there are these echoes in creation of the story that God is telling all throughout the scriptures. And one of the things that, um, that tying that the early followers of Jesus, tying Christmas to solstice does is it reminds us, this is a story certainly we can read here, but this is a story that God has woven, woven into the, the fiber and fabric of his creation that he's just telling in a number of different ways, mm. if we would have eyes to see it. Yeah, you, you could say that, you know, from, from the very beginning that his eternal qualities, right, has been made known. You could say that. Made. You could say it's something like that. You could that say really that. really cool. That's um, Psalm 19, by the way. Or, I'm no, sorry, that's that Romans, Romans chapter 1. one. Psalm 19 yeah. is the heavens declare heavens the glory declare. of God. Yeah, you could yeah, say that yeah. too. Yeah. That would be a good thing to say. Um, that's really cool. That's really cool. Well, um, are there any questions about that? Yeah. Let's, I mean, none are coming up through Slido that are exactly okay. that. You know, there's some great questions, you know, like, what's your favorite, you know, movie, Christmas movie, and like, uh, you know, there's some of those on there already, but um, we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, you know, some, some things have come up, like, relating to what we've said. Um, why would the shepherds not be watching their herd <laughs> in December? Um, the weather in Bethlehem seems to be mild and similar to us here in San Diego. Yeah, it, it's um, a little bit cooler. I'm but, with you there. I'm yeah. just, yeah, that's what the scholars say. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's, that's what we know. Um, yes, and, and then someone brought up that the Feast of Tabernacles uh, is October. Correct. Most likely. Yeah, the fall. Which, so my vote is that Jesus was probably born on October 4th. <laughs> why, why is that, Josh? Oh, oh, that's when I was born. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's why. That's why. So, you know. <laughs> um, Yes. Okay. Sorry. All right. Someone All right. was wondering: Is a Christmas tree pagan? That was what. That was where I was going to go next. Um, and that's what I wanted to go because it's one of these. It's one of these things that come up from a long, long time ago. How many of you guys have a Christmas tree up in your house? All right. How many of that's you sweet. have a Christmas tree in your church? <laughs> oh, oh, oh! Look at that. We How do. many of you have seventy Christmas trees in your church? <laughs> yes. Is it, so, so is it pagan? Is it pagan? Tell us, yeah, what's going on there? All right, so this one, I don't know, the, in my opinion, the research isn't quite as uniform in this. Okay. Uh, you can go a number of different, uh, chase a number of different rabbit trails and, and end up in a different spot. So um, let's just start by saying that there was a history of, uh, amongst pagans, which literally just means a worshiper of the earth or nature, um, and yeah. so... Uh, of decorating trees, bringing them inside and using them as idolatry and mm -hmm. as a way to, to worship creation. So is there a passage that we there want to put up passage, there? There is a passage, yeah. Yeah, Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 2 through 4 says, Learn not the way of the nations, nor be dismayed at the signs of the heavens, because the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vanity. A tree from the forest cut down, and worked with an axe by the hands of a craftsman. They decorate it with silver and gold. <laughs> silver and blue. Yeah, there's silver and blue Loophole. On this tree. Loophole over there. They fasten it with a hammer and nails so that it cannot move. Um, so there is, or what is, a history of pagans bringing trees inside in order to use them for worship of uh -oh. nature. Okay, anyone ready to chop down their tree now? Anyone? Anyone? No, good, they're not. Okay. Most people wouldn't, wouldn't tie the tree you have in your house to <laughs> this necessarily, um, although some would. Um, so the second option is that um, when, the, when Christians were evangelizing um, the Celts in the 4th and 5th century, so you have like St. Patrick in the 5th century, um, there, that was hard evangelistic ground. And mm. one of the things that, about the Celts is that they were, they were pagan in the true sense of the word, of worshipers of nature. nature yeah. And they would worship the trees, and, and specifically, usually it was an oak tree, and there's a whole lot of pageantry a, mm. around the way that they tried to give homage to trees. One of the ways was by decorating a tree in hopes that lightning would strike it, and that they could have another way of getting fire. So that was one thing that they would do. Second thing they would do is around the longest day of the year, or the shortest, shortest. I'm sorry, the longest night of the year, shortest day of the year, 
Winter which is solstice. the winter solstice. Yeah, yeah. They would decorate a tree hmm. um, with things like pears and other fruits in order to sort of coax the tree or talk the hmm. tree into coming back to life and bearing fruit once again. Interesting. And so the story goes that when the early followers of Jesus were evangelizing the Celts hmm. and were trying to tell them about Jesus, they, they made um, <laughs> a little bit of an interpretive leap and said, well, hmm. there's a tree in our story too, and um, it's the tree of uh, life, and let us, let us tell you about Jesus. Hmm. And so the feast day for Adam and Eve is actually December 24th, and most people think that that's when they would decorate the tree, hmm. and they, they, they used they that used. as an inroad wow. for evangelism amongst this people group that was very resistant to the gospel. So if you've ever put one of those like, like red balls on your tree, you're actually like... You're, you're, you're symbolizing this in a sense, I mean, or may have them some history there. You know, that, that's really interesting. Yeah. And then there was an article that came out on um, Relevant yeah. Magazine just last week uh, that said, um, no, Christian trees don't have pagan roots. So there you go. Um, <laughs> and what they said in the article was, quote, uh, the same thing is true as Christmas trees, which are relatively, a relatively recent invention with no clear ties to antiquity. Interesting. No so, clear ties. And, and yet, so I think that the question, though, are, are Christmas trees pagan? Um, that is, that's a very loaded question because clearly they are not now. <laughs> um, we're, not, we're not bringing Christmas trees into homes in order to worship Christmas trees, right? right? Instead, what people have done from the very beginning is to infuse meaning into them, right? So whatever meaning was there beforehand, they have, they have kind of added something else. Right. Instead of, just, instead of just saying, no, I'm just going to, you know, get rid of this, this tradition altogether, they've taken and done something more to it. Which is an interesting methodology for evangelism, right? Mm, it's, yeah. Um, I, I think oftentimes followers of Jesus think that we either have to reject culture completely or accept it entirely. And what if there's another option? What if, what if we can interact with culture in a way that infuses and brings about new meaning hmm. within some of the existing hmm. forms and fill it up with something beautiful and good rather than something that I would argue um, isn't part of God's design? Yeah. So yeah. I think that's a, a good challenge for us today hmm. um, yeah. and, and applicable even for 2021. I think so. I think so. But, but this whole kind of debate about the tree kind of brings up some, you know, some things about what we're talking about. And this is what we brought up earlier, that some of these stories, they don't have like hard, you know, uh, evidence that you can point to, right? They weren't people writing about this. So for instance, um, one of the traditions about the tree that is something that I'm guessing all of us do is we put lights on a tree, right? <laughs> yeah. And this, this tradition, actually, um, the story is it goes back to the man, Martin Luther himself. Hmm. And uh, this is how the story goes. It says that uh, Martin Luther, it says it was on one winter night in 1536. So they, they nailed down this date pretty well. Wow. But in 1536, Luther was walking through a pine forest near his home in, in Wittenberg when he looked and, and, and saw thousands of stars glittering jewel-like among the branches of the trees. And this wonderful sight inspired him to set up a candle-lit fir tree in his house. And then his house burned down, <laughs> and it was really tragic. Yeah, yeah I don't know not what, the way the story what goes. The, but he and his wife, <laughs> Katharina, right? Katharina. What is she, what is she, she's, like, at some point, she's got to say, like, what are you she's doing? She's like, Martin, come on, come man. On. The theses were one thing. I was behind you. The candles, though. Come on, Marty. Come on. Uh, um, so... You know, I, this was this was this was a bad idea to put candles on a tree, um, and yet this is a tradition that that started. In fact, um, like you said before, like the like this article says, is that it's a fairly relatively new tradition. Is the tree is a fairly new tradition? In fact, um, it was brought over from Germany 
by Charlotte, by um, Queen Charlotte, who, is, who married, she was German, born in Germany, married George III of England, okay? This is in, in, in 1800 is the first time that is documented that there's a tree in England, okay? And that tree is lit up, apparently, right? Didn't burn down you know, Buckingham Palace or anything like that or whatever they were. I don't know. Um, and so that, Martin's like, you didn't do it right. You didn't then. do it right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know how they didn't burn down more houses. They, they may have. Um, but it was a slow tradition. So that was still 300 years later almost. Slow because all the houses <laughs> because, got burned down. <laughs> maybe. It may be. Um, Hard pass. The first, and, and so the first recorded uh, tree in America is in 1830s. In the 1830s, it was, it was uh, German, German settlers in Pennsylvania. They, they brought that tradition and started lighting trees. And so here we are. This is a, this is, this is a fairly new, a new tradition. So that, isn't that, that's interesting that some of the traditions that, that are ubiquitous here in the States, yeah. I mean, like almost everybody participates in these are pretty new in the grand scheme of things. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In fact, Kate, this is where it gets interesting. This is where I, I've, I've, I've kind of nerded out on Christmas in America, mm-hmm. all right? Because what we celebrate in America, Christmas is in America, has not always been celebrated mm. the same way. Not even close. We had a little bit of a season of some Grinchness. <laughs> we, were, we were Grinchness. In fact, um, I should have planned this. I think my shirt under here says... What does it say? Oh, yeah. Warning. Humbug free zone. Violators will be something. Free zone. I forget what it says. But um, we were humbugs. The Puritans would not have the gone Puritans for that. The Puritans were humbugs uh, when it comes to Christmas. In fact, okay, Christmas wasn't a national holiday in the United States until 1870. Okay? It was President Ulysses S. Grant that made it a national holiday. Okay. Now it was celebrated by people, and there were some states that I think you know made it official a little bit earlier than that. But get this, you guys. This is this just blew my mind. It was uh, it, okay. The 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 Congress, U.S. Congress, started meeting not in 1776, 1789. Okay. But then in 1789, the first time they met, guess what? They met and they continued meeting over Christmas. Intentionally. Intentionally, they worked through Christmas and. For 67 years, the United States Congress met on Christmas. They continued to work through Christmas. That's a, like, they were devoted to their rejection of Christmas. It, it, exactly, that's exactly what it was. It yeah. was a rejection of Christmas. They were actually intentionally saying we should not celebrate Christmas because it was kind of a crazy event. Okay, all this stuff that Ryan was talking about, this Saturnalia, it, 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 it didn't stop way back in Roman times. Right, right. That ended up continuing on and on. And, and this all kind of comes out of the Puritan influence in, in the United States. I mean, these are, are some of our spiritual and theological forefathers um, here at Emmanuel Faith. I mean, we have a lot of connection with the Puritan theology. And they were the ones who were saying Christmas is bad. Christmas should not be uh, practiced even. Um, they're having nothing to do with it. And so um, a lot of it, I think, come, it was because it was a Catholic, I, it had some Catholic roots, right? And so the Puritans and the Catholics, they didn't get along at all. Right. They were not, you know, they were not having anything to do with the Catholics. Okay, that's a part of it. But the other side of it is actually something that we would probably relate to. And it's the same thing we've been talking about. It was this crazy, wild event. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it, it continued to be this partying event, um, so much so that um, the, the British Puritans, okay, when Oliver Cromwell, okay, this is, I think, in 1640s, um, somewhere in there, 1649, he overthrew uh, the English government, and this is, look at, oh, there's that, and then um, I want you to notice this. This is a public notice, okay, that they put up to ban Christmas. And it says in kind of some old English there, public notice, the observation of Christmas having been deemed a sacrilege, the exchanging of gifts and greetings, dressing in fine clothing, feasting, and similar satanical practices. 
are hereby forbidden with the offender liable to a fine of five shillings. Five shillings <laughs> if you practice Christmas. Bah, humbug. <laughs> right? This is not a humbug-free zone, all right, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Now, but here's the thing, right? Th this is where we hear this, and we have to be careful, because they were not banning Christmas as we know Christmas today, right? right? They were definitely not banning the celebration of the incarnate Son of God. They were banning a holiday that if I had to describe it, I would say that if, if Mardi Gras and Halloween had a baby, it was Christmas, <laughs> right? Um, and and there's, there's, there's evidence to this, okay, that, that that's what it was. I think, wasn't the first state to, sell, to officially celebrate Christmas? I think it was Louisiana. <laughs> I, I mean, that, if Google that's that. not true, it should be. Well, we'll find out here. <laughs> no, just, that's hilarious. That, it may be, it actually. Is. I think it is something, it's something in the South. Anyway, um, um, so the fact is that, that this crazy party in Saturnalia, uh, the, the sun worshipers, all those things, um, they, were, they were partying late into the night on the longest night. And so that, that was something that continued. Oh, interesting. And yeah. so because it's the longest night or close to it, they chose that date and mm -hmm. would party like crazy. Okay. Um, in fact... You know some of the history of this. If you've ever sung the song, We Wish You a Merry Christmas. Have you sung that song? Okay, now, we know the beginning lines, but um, I just want to point out uh, the way these lines go. Okay, we wish you a Merry Christmas, we wish you a Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year. Nice. That's the, that's the, the simple part. But then there's this weird stuff. Now bring us some figgy pudding. Now bring us some figgy pudding. And bring it right here. And then it gets even weirder. We won't go until we get some. We won't go until we get some. And bring it right here. Okay, here's what would happen. And, and this is especially in Britain. There was all the commoners, the peasants would all gang up. They would dress up. They would come out with pitchforks and, and torches. And they would walk into the wealthy parts of town. And they would demand payment or they wouldn't leave. They would trick or treat, that's what I'm saying. This is like Halloween and Mardi Gras coming together with riots and wow. then going crazy. That's what, that's what it became. Now, in America, here's, um, here's a picture of, um, uh, of what's called the eggnog riots. Stop it. The eggnog riots, I kid you not, this is at West Point. All right. Now, it wasn't called West Point back then. It was called the United States Military Academy. Um, we know it as West, West Point. Um, they, and this is because they only allowed the cadets to drink eggnog with a little something in it. Okay, they only allowed that, the little something, for the cadets on two days. One was 4th of July and the other one was Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve was the day that they allowed them to drink. And sure enough, they, all these cadets had a little too much, and they started a riot. They then, liked their eggnog. In, in 1828, a few years, two years after that event, um, the New York City Council commissioned a special police force to deal with unlawful citizens on Christmas Day. Because Christmas Day was so crazy, they had to create a police force just to deal with them. And so here we are. Christmas was a problem. It was... <laughs> It was a major problem, and it's no wonder they banned the celebrations. They weren't banning what we celebrate, though, by any stretch. It's interesting how it's, over time, I don't know if this is interesting for you, it's, it's been shaped and molded a number of different ways in yes. different time periods. And, Absolutely. And then here we are today. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's exactly what we've, what we've been talking about, that, that the Romans did that, you know, I mean, we, the, the Celtic traditions, all these things. Um, we've been redeeming Christmas, but we're not even near being done redeeming Christ Christmas, right? And that's, I think, one of the points, is that Christmas needs redemption even now. Because there's a lot of our practices in Christmas that is still... We may not call them pagan, but they're not Christian. Right. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not Christian. Okay? I mean, 
let's talk about let's talk about the man himself. Let's talk about Santa Claus. Wait, oh, is this is this a safe place to talk about Santa Claus? Okay, I think it is. I don't see any youngins in YouTube. Um, I hope you know. That's on the parents. That's on the parents, right? <laughs> What's that? Wait, 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 no. wait. No, yeah, whoa, yeah. Whoa, 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 hold on, whoa. hold on. I didn't say that. Because there was a guy named St. Nick, okay? Now, um, we've all heard of, of St. Nick. He was a real guy. He was a real person, and there's all sorts of neat traditions about him. Um, he, was, he was actually a fairly rich saint. He was the, yep. he, this, is, this is going way back 4th century. Um, the Bishop of Mira in Asia Minor. He was pretty wealthy. Um, and, the, and as the story goes, there was, some, there was a father um, who had, was a widower um, trying to take care of three girls. Their girls were hanging socks on the fireplace to dry them. And he comes with gold and puts gold in their stockings. And so um, the, the tradition of St. Nick being a gift giver um, begins. And the stockings being hung by the chimney with care. And the and stockings that, that St. Nick, Nick would be there. Oh, okay. Now, you're getting into some interesting stuff here that's coming up. Now, here's, here's something that I want to show you. There was, um, Santa Claus has kind of evolved over time. I want to say it that way, okay? So in Catholic tradition, Santa Claus, they really stuck with St. Nick, okay? So St. Nicholas was um, the one that they, they said was the giver of gifts. Okay, from St. Nick, the German of that is Sinterklaas, which we get the name Santa Claus, okay? Now, in the Reformation, when the Reformation happened and Protestants, they decided that it wasn't okay to, to make uh, St. Nicholas the gift giver. They thought it'd be better to make the Christ child the gift giver. Okay, which, hey, we celebrate that. That sounds a little bit better. And from that, that the word, the German word for that is Christkindl, where we get the name Chris Kringle. And wow. these two things come together to form the modern Santa Claus to a certain extent, right? And, and so in both traditions, they've kind, of, they've kind of made this work for them, in a sense, um, to get what we have today. Now, um, the, the, the Christ child was, uh, I mean, to us, that seems like a, a better idea. It didn't really, didn't really <laughs> didn't stick, stick, though. <laughs> Martin Luther was too busy hanging candles in his tree. I guess so. And then trying to I guess that's, put yeah. his house out from being on fire. I know, because it's kind of sad that we changed it all the way to Kris Kringle, which doesn't really make any sense to me other than it's, it sounds close. Um, okay, but Santa Claus, okay? Let me, let's go in back into Santa Claus a little bit, okay? Because back in the day, he was this, like, this elf-looking guy, okay? In fact, the, you can go into more of this. There's all sorts of interesting images about what's, where Santa came from, and this is, is important. Wearing, is he wearing a green coat? Oh, he's wearing a green coat. In fact, he was green, for quite a long time. But now I just want to notice. Is that Jesus or Santa? No, that's Santa. That's Santa with like abs, right? I mean, wow. What happened? He wasn't on the eggnog, now, was okay, he? Do you know why? This is, not the, this is not the Santa you know, right? No. No. Santa got. Tim Allen did not play this guy. I'm just telling you that. Santa got rotund at some point, right? <laughs> he, he got a little rounder. And that. Actually, I think you sort of just quoted, I think, a piece of this, um, the poem. This is by a, a professor of theology. Okay, Clement Clark Moore. He was uh, um, a professor. Of war, uh, he wrote a poem called The Night Before Christmas. And in that, um, he says, he, says um, he had a broad face and a little round belly, belly that shook, shook when he, he laughed, laughed like, like a... a Bowl full of jelly. Jelly, that's right. And sure enough, the picture started looking a little bit rounder because of that poem. All in response to the poem? To a poem. To, oh. to a professor of theology, theology when he writes a poem. Now, but here's where, oh goodness, even then, Santa Claus is still green. Do you know why Santa Claus is red? This, okay, guys, this gets, to, this gets to another one of the excesses. Well, okay? this is the power of marketing. This is the power of marketing. Do you know what it is? Oh, that's not it. It's coming. There it is. Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola, okay, this is 
oh, it's in the 40s or 50s. Um, I, I can't remember the date. But they decided to make him red to sell more Coke. <laughs> and it's like ubiquitous now. We can't see Santa without being red, right? And this is not that long ago that they've done this. It's interesting. They've kind of, they've kind of, in a sense, tried wow. to redeem Santa for their purposes, right? And, and, and they've won this battle, meaning that this is, this is kind of infusing a cultural sense um, that, that is about marketing, about, about money, and all of that stuff. It's really interesting. Yeah. And so now, here's the thing. Santa, um, Santa's an interesting one. Because I think Santa gets at, it, culturally now, it's starting to get at where we are and uh, how we can, uh, how, what we need to redeem in this. Because um, I think there's some crazy theology going on with Santa. That Santa... I'm telling you, and, and we talk to kids about Santa, and I don't know if you've thought about the stuff that we say when we talk about Santa. You've heard the song, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, okay? Um, yeah, this is a terrible song. <laughs> Have you uh, tried to think about what this is saying about who Santa is? You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why Santa Claus is coming to town. And then, then it keeps going, right? He sees you. When you're sleeping, <laughs> this guy sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been good or bad. So be good for goodness sake, yeah. right? And now, okay, I, I, I feel like people, we, we kind of give it a pass. Like, oh, it's nice. Go be good. It's, you know, it's better to be good than to be bad, right? But think about what this is saying to, to kids, all around the world, Let's, especially kids that don't get presents. Okay? Let's just, be, I mean, some, some kids get a lot of presents. They get way too many presents. But what about the kid that didn't get presents? They're hearing this song. They could, didn't get presents because they couldn't afford presents. And mom and dad couldn't afford presents, right? And what do they start thinking? Maybe they're a bad one. Maybe it's because of what they've done. And maybe they start thinking, man, if I just am better, mm-hmm. then... I will get presents. Mm-hmm. And that's, the, that's about the worst theology I can think of. And so what do we do with Santa Claus? It's a tough one. Right? It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And yet, we need to redeem it. And this is kind of getting at, uh, and I, that, I, you know, I mean, we've got some, we could talk about some things that we do. I don't know, and things that, that you do with, with Santa Claus. But um, and I want to get to some of those questions. And if you have that question, um, you, can, you can throw it up there, and uh, we'll, we'll have some time to answer some questions tonight. But here's, I want to end with this, because I think this is, this is what we've been talking about all along. We have some stances that we can take with anything related to this, to Christmas. And these are stances that the church could have taken all along. Okay? They could have rejected it completely. And said, you know what, no, we're going to start our own thing. Um, you know, there's, there's some, some cultural, some churches do that. Some mm-hmm. theological movements do that with all culture. Um, some just receive it. And they say, whatever it is, whatever the culture's throwing at us, we're just going to take it. And we're going to love it and we're going to be okay with it. Or, and this is where, what we're talking about, this is maybe the wrong picture. Um, but we try to redeem it, right? Good. You like that? It's the right picture. It's the right picture, right? Yeah, I don't know. Totally. Um, <laughs> we are trying to redeem it. And that's, that's, that's really the encouragement. That this has, been, this has been something that's been redeemed all yeah. throughout, in a sense, that, that we've been working, that the church, we, the church has been redeeming Christmas. But we can't stop now. We can't stop even just because we call it Christmas and not the holidays, that all of a sudden that's like redeemed. I think we've got to take it even further than that. And, and we got to teach our kids, teach people about the real meaning of Christmas, right? Man. Okay. That's good. All right. Well, I'm done preaching. Right on, man. I don't know. Any, any thoughts before we go off on the no, any I, questions? I, 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 li- I love that reject, receive, redeem. And 
I'm drawn to the redemption piece. What does it look like to be a redemptive That's force? And um, in regards to the Santa piece, uh, we've never really done Santa. We, we never um, yeah. explicitly said anything about Santa um, and his existence. Yep. But um, Santa would only like bring things for the stockings and it was usually like batteries and underwear. <laughs> so he wasn't viewed all that highly. Oh, in yeah. our house. Oh, yeah. That's exactly. <laughs> it's sort of intentional. Like, we sort of wanted the credit for the good stuff, right? Yep. Like, why let him get the credit for the good stuff? So, yeah. Not exactly. that batteries and underwear aren't good. I mean, we all need a few double A's, right? But, oh. you know. That's exactly. That's how, yeah. <laughs> I love, and my wife, she's right here. Beth was, was the one who was like serious about this. Like, we worked hard for this stuff. We're not letting Santa get the credit. <laughs> For what we've given, so that, that was—I think that was—that was her worst exactly, yeah, which yeah. I loved. Um, and and that's, you know, we've been, we've been very honest with kids, and we've never we've never lied to them and told them this was right. Santa. Now they they learned the lies without us, right? They didn't, you know, it wasn't us that taught them about Santa, um, but we've had kids who have held on to to Santa a little longer than than we thought they would, and then some that were just like, nope, I don't, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. And we let them, we let them believe. But we also talk about, you know, the, the fun of, of pretending and the fun of, of, of giving and, and, you know, dressing up. But one of the things that we've always been very clear is that this is different than, than God. Hmm. Okay. That, and that's, that's, I think, huge for kids, especially that we've got we've to separate these two because I would hate for a kid to grow up and realize, oh, my parents were lying about Santa. What else are they lying about? And now they're, you know, oh, they're probably lying about Jesus is in their thinking, right? And I never wanted that to be the case. And or I even like, it's, it's, it would be a shame for a kid to grow up thinking, gosh, if I end up on Santa's naughty list, oh, I'm going to be, you know, get coal in my stocking. Uh, it would be a bigger shame, though, to roll that over into a view of God, right? Yes, Where they're yes. thinking that God is constantly looking for a reason to come down on them, right? Yep, yep. And that now we want to uphold that God is, is love. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Well, hey, we want to dive into some of your questions here. Um, and so um, if, if you have more, um, put them up, them up, upvote for us. Tell us which one you want to hear. Um, you can go on the app. In fact, uh, in the back there, would you put the slide back on the screen, the Slido slide for us? And so uh, people can jump on there. Thank you. As needed. And you can, uh, once again, go to slido.com or, um, or join us here. Okay. Um, Let's just go, let's go right off the stop here. All right. Because um, we celebrate Christmas Eve. Um, why don't we celebrate an Easter Eve? It's a great question. Um, because on that Saturday, there wouldn't be a whole lot to celebrate. No. Right? So the Saturday of, Hol of, of Holy Week, um, Christ is crucified on a Thursday or Friday. Mm -hmm. We celebrate it on Good Friday. And then we have the silence of Saturday. Yeah, so yeah. the best way to celebrate Easter Eve is to um, essentially embrace silence, yeah. darkness, yeah. and hope. And so uh, we do have Holy Week celebrations, right? It's Good Friday, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. Um, Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday, yeah. Something so. on Wednesday. <laughs> I'm just kidding. There it yeah. is. I can't remember. Anyway, so yeah, that would be why. That's a great, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Okay, but why do we celebrate Christmas Eve? I, I don't, it's just a way to uh, preemptive strike on Christmas, I guess. I don't yeah, know. now, okay, Ryan, now this, we were talking about this whole thing, and, and he told me this, and we kind of touched on it a little bit with the Celts, I believe. Yeah. Because they had 13 days of Christmas, right? They did. Okay, we talk about, you've sung the song before, the 12 days of Christmas, right? Okay, my kids told me the other day that we are in day, I forget what day it is, of Christmas. They, they were like, okay, you know, we're, we're, we're starting to count down towards Christmas. Their teacher told them that, but I learned that they were wrong, they right? Were wrong. The 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas. That's the 12 the, days, of, wait, wait, the 12 days of Christmas start on Christmas. Am so, I the only one that didn't know that? I, apparently, I am. That, that's, I am. So, so that's church calendar, right? Okay. The, Christmas is a season on the church calendar that starts on Christmas, and it's 12 days long. So we don't right, that's exactly fact, it. Just tell your school, I'm celebrating Christmas, and embrace and, that for all it's worth. And that means we days. probably shouldn't be decorated for Christmas yet. Well, 
technically in churches that really embrace Advent, they don't celebrate for Christmas, or they don't decorate, decorate. for Christmas until, um, a- until Christmas. And then they get better deals on all the Christmas stuff, I guess and so. so they can decorate yep. afterwards. They do. See? They do. They're smart. Yes. I see what they're doing there. Yep. All right. Good. Good. Um, all right. Oops. I just accidentally deleted the question that was going to be next, and that is... Um, Why did St. Nick take over the holiday? Well... Okay, fine. We can go to that one. Oh. I was going to ask, um, what's your favorite Christmas movie? Because that was, the, the, that was voted in. Right? Yeah, and so that was voted in. We, we have to. Well, you know. I, I, my favorite Christmas movie is um, either Christmas Vacation or Elf. Yep. You yep. can't go wrong with either of those. I'm with you. Someone, someone kind of asks a follow-up, The Family Stone or Elf. Okay. And I'm, I'm yeah. going to go with Elf because I honestly don't know what The Family Stone is. It's a good movie. You is it? Out. Okay, good. Yeah. I, should, I probably should. Um, um, yeah, not not uh, much redemption <laughs> in the, either of those movies. No, um, eh, you know, there's some, there's some, but um, someone just writes hi. That's nice. Um, you had a, you saw a question that was meaningful. Which one? Not. Nope. Oh, if I'm not feeling Christmas this year, what do you recommend to help me get in the right posture? Ooh, that's a great question. Anybody not feeling? Well, somebody is, but anybody else? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think there's some some years there's that are times. more challenging than others. There's times. Yeah. Um, gosh, I don't know. That's huh. a great question. Here's what I typically do, um, and I'm sort of a weirdo because I have to start listening to Christmas music re- pretty early because yes, I'm do. like trying to write sermons and figure out a theme for a year, and we're getting ready for choir concerts and all that. But I do think that music is a great way to um, stoke the fire of our soul. Um, there's been a few really great albums that I've run into this year. One of them is by a guy named um, Pruitt. The Birth of a King by Tommy Prophet that I've really liked this year. I love Handel's Messiah. There's something that just rises in my soul. Um, But the other thing that I would do is um, you can find um, either like a great devotional or just read through the Christmas narratives. in your daily devotion, time with the Lord, and just pray that God would speak to your heart in a fresh way. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What would you say? Yeah. I, you know, well, okay, first I'd say there's this sense that we all have to be in this jolly state for this extended period, and that period keeps getting longer and longer, right? As if, like, you've got to have this Christmas spirit for this very long time. And I'd just say, um, you don't need to put that on yourself. <laughs> um, you don't need to, to just be jolly for this extended yeah. time, right? Even so, I mean, this in the church calendar, that's why they, they plan this in a sense to, to actually be a little bit down and waiting yeah. uh, for this time. And then, then you're jolly for a, a, a couple weeks. <laughs> Not even that, right? Um, so, I, you know, I'd say listen, you know, let, let our emotions, um, someone taught me this once, our emotions um, are, are a great window into our soul, okay? They tell us about what's going on in us, but they shouldn't lead us. So as if you, you don't need to try to follow your emotions, you don't need to try to like, and, and they don't need to, they don't, they don't lead you. So, you know, if you're not feeling it, that's okay. Just, just ask God, what, what is it? Yeah. Like you're saying, yeah. I mean, you know, ask him why, ask him why. And then, and then be there with him. That's, 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 I mean, yeah, I like that. I like that answer. If you're not feeling Christmas, maybe you could feel Advent. There you go. Waiting, anticipating, hoping. Yeah. And, and feel Christmas when you do. Yeah. And it may be in the middle of summer. Or maybe in October. <laughs> On the 4th. <laughs> On the 4th. Just October 4th. <laughs> All yes. right. All right. So we have some Santa questions. In fact, um, let me, this one, I, this is a good question here. Should we pretend there is a Santa Claus with our kids? What if we already have been? How do we redeem that? And so um, I, I don't want to suggest that you've ruined your kids no. at all. Um, you, you haven't. Um, okay, I still, I've got a kid who is trying to hold on. He really wants to hold on. He doesn't want to. He, I, you know, I'm, I'm, we, we don't like sit down and like, oh, we're the bad guys. We're breaking the news to him. Um, but it, I, I've been very open about it. So this is terrible. I'll say things to him like, so you believe that there's a large man that climbs down the chimney. We can't get the flue open, right? You understand that? He's like, yeah, you know. So he's just like, 
dad. As if to um, so we're not like, we're, once again, I, I wouldn't encourage you to, to, to straight up lie to them. I would encourage them to, to encourage curiosity, to ask questions and let them ask questions. Um, and, and, then, and then answer them. And you'll know when they're ready. You'll know. But when they are ready, when you do that, I would just say um, distinguish that. Like, hey, we, we've had fun with this, with you. Um, we've, we've played this game. And even let them into the game. If they have a younger brother or sister, let them into it and say, hey, you know, let's play this game with them. And so that they can kind of allow Christmas to, allow them to dream, you know. That's okay. But just be clear that there's a difference in what you talk about when you talk about Jesus. That you're not playing a game with them. That's what I'd say. That's really good. All right. Well, um, do you care if someone says Merry Christmas or happy holidays. Oh, that's a good question. For example, at the grocery store. Ah, do I care? That's a, good, that's a great question. I, I, I would say, I personally do not. No. Um, I can remember a few years ago where it seems like um, Christians sort of lost their mind because Starbucks took Merry Christmas off their cups and put on happy holidays. And I'm like, I, to me, it was sort of like, well, it's Howard Schultz's cup. He can do whatever he wants with it, right? And we could decide whether or not we buy it. I don't know if we need to throw a huge hissy fit or, or, or not. But the, the, the reality is, is that it was a, a Saturnalia before it was Christmas yeah. on the calendar at yeah. least, right? And so, yeah, we can speak redemption into it and hope and light and good into it. But I think we need to do so in a way that aligns with the message that we're bringing. So... The message that we're bringing is that God is a God of love and hope and peace, and let's align align the message that we give with the way that we give it. So, yeah, yeah, that's um, good. I, and I don't expect people that aren't followers of Jesus to celebrate Christmas. Yeah, right? like, exactly, so, exactly. And and I'd say if we're really wishing do, them but. like happiness, <laughs> um, merriness, then I mean I'd say we we really want them to to be happy where they are, and I get, here's the thing, no amount of saying Merry Christmas is going to be, it's not any closer to the gospel message than Happy Holidays, right? right? right. It's not like you're, you're laying out that Jesus died for your sins, and you know, that he's, you no know, he's the savior like, of the world. Since you said that. Since you said Merry Christmas, now I get it. Yeah. That's just not the way it is, so I, I don't know that it adds a whole lot. Not a hill worth dying on, no, as far as I, I'm concerned. Yes, of course, it, it adds something here, among family, right? Let's, let's, yeah. let's revel in, in Merry Christmas and celebrating Christ. I was, hope, I was hoping you were going to bring it full circle when you oh, said merriness to ah. having a slide that had Mary back up on it no, and it's like, no. merriness. <laughs> No, I didn't anticipate that one. We missed an opportunity. We did. We really did. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, apparently we have no sound on YouTube. And are we out of time? We are. We are out of time. Well, um, you guys, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I know there's some other, some of the great ones, great questions on here. We didn't get to all of them. Um, This is, this is something we absolutely love doing. We've, uh, we've talked about this. We've written about this a bunch that, that, Curiosity is, I, I think, is a huge part of faith. What it means to explore who God is, to, to, to question and ask. And so um, we want to invite you to keep doing this. Um, now, I'm going to invite you now to keep doing this. And then, uh, of course, it's Christmas season. So we're not going to be doing the podcast for a couple weeks now. Um, but in the new year, we'll be back and uh, we'll continue to, uh, to be delving in trying to think well about Jesus, about the Bible, about culture, trying to, uh, trying to redeem it yeah. in all the ways we can. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that's important to both Josh and I is that we create an atmosphere where it's safe to ask questions, it's safe to wrestle um, with the things of God, with faith. That's one of the reasons that we're passionate about Alpha is we want to create space for people to ask hard questions, honest questions about faith and to find safe people to go on the journey with. Yes, yes. Yeah, I, that's a great point. I mean, you know, um, I, I mean, I, I'd love to guarantee that if, you're, if, if a friend comes to Alpha uh, and asks 
a really tough question. It's ask even a, you know, a doubting question. They're going to be loved. They're going to be respected. And I'm going to look back at them and say, that is a great question. And I've had that question too. And I might not even answer the question <laughs> right then and there. The process will. We want to let them find the answer. And so um, we, we want to create a space for that. And uh, that's, that's for everybody um, in any time. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Ryan, would you pray us out? I'd love to. All yeah. right. Let's do it. Father, thank you so much for this night. We're really grateful for the chance to be together and to interact around um, around Christmas, Lord. Mm -hmm. but really we're thankful for the incarnation that you have clothed yourself in flesh and blood, yes. that you've come to our rescue, that you became one of us in order to redeem us, and Lord, we are um, eternally grateful for that. Lord, in the midst of all of the, um, the culture pieces that we uh, have going on with Christmas, our, our hope and prayer would be that we wouldn't lose sight of the fact that, um, that you, the God of the universe, became flesh and made your dwelling among us. And God, our, our desire is to abide in you and to walk with you. And so, Lord, thanks for this time tonight. Pray that um, each person that's here and, and those watching and listening online would be encouraged in you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless everybody. Have a great night.